The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you, and we are going back to the well of the live album for this one. It's been a hot minute since we've done a live album. Yep. Uh, so far, the we've done uh, Fleetwood Mac's The Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done uh, Rock Spectacle by Bare Naked Ladies. I think those are the only two live so. albums yeah. that we've done. But it's kind of you know kind of fitting uh, because the Fleetwood Mac was a kind of a reunion tour style one, mm-hmm. and we've got that again with this one. Yep. So we are going to be talking the 1994 live album, or kind of a kind of a combination album, mm-hmm. as it were. Hell freezes over by the Eagles. Uh, I definitely remember this being a big thing. When it came on, because no one thought that the Eagles were ever going to, much like Fleetwood Mac when they did the dance, no one thought the Eagles were ever going to reunite uh, for something. And they did for this big kind of reunion show and kind of a pseudo mini album release. Mm -hmm. And it was all over MTV. The, they did the live concert, much like the dance was, was all over MTV when it was released. And I definitely remember watching, watching it a few times. I I remember it was such a big. I mean, I do remember the Eagles being a big thing and Hell freezing over. Well, Hell freezes over being a big thing, um, but I I mean I was a little young to give a crap about the Eagles at the time. Right, of course. Um, I had discovered the Eagles by that point, mm-hmm. um, and I was a fan. Mom had the uh, the the big greatest album, hits, the yeah. greatest hits one, um, which is funny because it's one of the biggest albums, but doesn't have probably their most well known hit on it. Um, that album does not have Hotel California on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. But it's still a great album. Um, so this one, uh, the Eagles have gone through personnel changes mm-hmm. quite a bit since their inception in the early 70s. They were originally a backing band, um, most famously for Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, also famously, they lived in an apartment complex where one of the their neighbors was Jackson Brown, mm-hmm. um, really well well known and very good songwriter, uh, and actually co-wrote yeah. <laughs> one of the Eagles' most famous songs. Actually, uh-huh. not too much to say in terms of the background. I mean, the the live stuff was recorded at Warner Brothers Studios, um, and they used a, a variety of different uh, studios to record the studio stuff, and it was put out on Geffen. And it had a, a, a slew of different producers. I'm not really going to go over that. Mm-hmm. The thing to talk about would be the personnel lineup for this one, sure. uh, which was the lineup that was known as the Long Run Era, which was Glenn Fry, Don Henley. Uh, I will say Glenn Fry on guitars, uh, Don Henley on drums, Don Felder on guitar, Joe Walsh on guitar, and Timothy B. Schmidt on bass, which honestly, the name Timothy B. Shit almost said no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name Timothy B. Schmidt, I think, is actually one of my favorite rock and roll names. I don't know why I find that so amusing, but I do. Sure. B. Schmidt. Timothy B. Um, Schmidt. So, much like bands like Fleetwood Mac, the Eagles don't really have one lead singer. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of guys who are 
capable singers and songwriters bring songs to the group and they take their turns, including Don Henley, the drummer. I had a pretty good solo career as well. I'd say, yeah, the best. Um, I I think I consider him the best of the solo careers, even though I, yeah, even though they all had some success pretty much. Yeah. Don Henley's was the biggest. I, I agree. Um, and the thing that, uh, Eagles, I think are also most well known for are their amazing harmonies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, really, really uh, good ability to create really cool, complex, and intricate close harmonies, and I definitely think works to their advantage. Uh, Adam, you got any fun facts for us? I do. This uh, live album hit number one on the Billboard album chart. It ended up selling over nine million copies in the United States. Uh, it was obviously it was on MTV, as you said. So it was also released on VHS, Laserdisc, and DVD. Um, before the album was released, the Eagles started a tour, which would last from '94 to '96, uh, becoming one of the most successful tours in history. What is it? So mm-hmm. I mean, the, obviously a reunion tour with the Eagles was huge. Uh, and the album name "Hell Freezes Over," uh, pretty famously, but pretty cool i think a uh, cool thing don henley it's a reference to a quote from don henley who after the band broke up in 1980 he was asked in an interview you know if the band would ever play together and he responded when hell freezes over and so <laughs> that's why this album is called that um and uh interestingly uh, in 1993 so there was an eagles tribute album called common thread the songs of the eagles so this was this mm-hmm. was at least a year before this it was recorded by several country artists Travis Tritt, for example, covered Take It Easy on that album. Um, And he asked the band to appear in his video for the song. And the band members agreed. And that was the first time that they had appeared together in 13 years. Two months after that, Glenn Frey and Don Henley had lunch together with their management to discuss a reunion. So you can kind of maybe thank Travis Tritt for this even being a thing. Honestly, thank you, Travis. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I will, I will, speaking of kind of their tumultuous history, I will kind of, I guess, plug this. Uh, there is a two part documentary, I think on Amazon prime, uh, called history of the Eagles. It is fantastic. Okay. It is a really, really good documentary and I really recommend it. All right. So the one thing that is interesting or one of the things that is interesting about this is it is a live album, but the first four songs on the album are all studio recordings, and they are all brand new songs. And much like some of the songs on The Dance, I was surprised to find out that they were new songs because I could have sworn, even at the time that they came out, that they were old songs. Uh, uh-huh. I just kind of, they felt very Eagles, and so to me, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that must have been off of one of their older albums. I swear I'd heard that before. And th- and I'm talking about when I first saw this in like 94. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the first two songs are the most, to me, the ones I remember the most gotcha. are having have having had extra airplay in, in radio and TV. And I never would have been able, I couldn't have told you that those were new songs. Gotcha. I totally thought that they were old ones. And I, I at first was like, why are they, why did they only record these as studios and not live? Uh, I'm ready to jump in if you are. Sure, let's do it. We'll start off with what I think is probably the more well-known of the newer songs that are on this album mm-hmm. called Get Over It. Turn on the tube where I see A whole lot of people crying Don't blame me They point the crooked little fingers Everybody else 
will say this has an almost 80s Don Henley solo album vibe it to it. It does. It, it feels just slightly enough. Not it's, it's it, To me, it kind of has the feel of, hey, we're the Eagles and we're kind of older um, and we're trying to be a little bit more badass. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that, that Henley's also kind of the lyrics definitely lends into that. They're really ripping on the fucking younger generation or or, or ripping on some people here <laughs> with this song. Yeah. Uh, was co-written by Don Henley and Glenn Fry, and Henley sings here. And I'll try to say who's singing because they really do mix yeah. it up quite mm-hmm. a bit with this, which I think works to the Eagles' strength. Sure, to have a variety of yeah. different singers. You know, we do. We we tend we like that with the other. Actually, both other bands that we had talked about in the live stuff, obviously Fleetwood Mac, but also um, Bare Naked Ladies switches yep. between two lead singers, and it works really yep. well for them. Yep. I mean, some bands just do it well. I think Allison Chains did it really well. Yeah. Uh, between uh, Lane Staley mm-hmm. and um, oh god, why did I blank on his name? That other guy, the other guy. I, I don't remember his name either. <laughs> I can't. I, I I feel bad for mm-hmm. not remembering. I honestly, I enjoy this song. It's it's a it's it's got an upbeat tempo. It does feel a little more '80s to me than it is yeah. kind of '90s, but it still works. Yeah, it's uh, it's my it's my favorite of the of the four new ones. Mm-hmm. Um. Hit number thirty-one on the Billboard Hot One Hundred chart and number four on the mainstream rock charts. Uh, yeah, it, it's it it moves quick. It, it it feels very different than the next song that we'll talk about in a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the song is fine. I think it's totally fine. I did hear there was one of the uh, we had a band called uh, Blackjack Symphony, and they typically what actually actually what they did was they did uh, not not Hell Freezes Over, but they did um, a whole live cover of the album Hotel California. And then oh, okay. after they did that whole that whole album, they added in some other ones and actually this was one of them that they did. Okay. And it was it was fun. I think it was actually more fun live. I like this song more fun live than I did um on the listening to it in the album. Part of it it was just like I I didn't connect at least with the lyrics, because I wanted to be like, well, fuck you, Don Henley. Like, all he's telling these people to get over all this. So literally, he wrote the song. The song is about Henley's frustration and contempt for others for blaming their failures, mental breakdowns, and financial problems on those who feel that don't deserve it, uh, and and believing that the world owes them a favor. And to me, it just kind of came across as an old curmudgeon-y asshole. Like, that's what, that's what I got from, from the lyrics on this song. Well, I can tell you that anyone who's had to deal with doing kind of like reactions of Eagle stuff on the internet, uh, Don Henley is a curmudgeon-y <laughs> okay. uh, asshole because he's been the one kind of fighting for, like, you know, all this stuff. And that's that's just because I think in a lot of ways those guys cannot – handle the new way that technology uh-huh. has sent music uh-huh. and i i kind of understand i mean i can understand it because they spent so much time for music being a certain way but it's not that way anymore the the record company the record industry is not the same mm-hmm. that it was even 10 15 20 years ago yeah. so you've, you've got to find ways to grow at the time so also it just makes it come off as greedy honestly sure. okay um for his for as talented a singer and a songwriter as he is Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see him as being a good person. Okay. Don, if you're listening to this, uh, why the hell are you listening to our podcast? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one called Love Will Keep Us Alive.
Some of the Eagles songs has a very sort of adult contemporary feel to it. This song hit number one on the adult contemporary <laughs> chart. <laughs> <laughs> then color me not surprised. Um, I will say, I think Timothy Schmidt, and this is Timothy Schmidt singing, actually has a beautiful voice. He has a higher timbre and mm-hmm. he's a little bit, he's got a higher range, which works well with a group like the Eagles because you need people who can hit those higher notes. I think the same idea worked well with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young when they added Neil Young, who can, who could, at the time at least, kind of hit those higher notes and really fill out some of the harmonies. Um, I think he I think he has a really uh, – Schmidt has a really good voice. I think the song is fine. I definitely remember this one being played on the radio. As we said, it, it hit number one on one of the charts. Um, it is definitely not one of my go-to Eagles songs. No. I actually, yeah, I like the other Schmidt song that we'll get to later on in the album. I think it works mm-hmm. a lot better because, yeah, he had, he has a, he works his his falsetto into that, and it works really well. Um, for me, where I had a bit of a problem with the song is it was fine, you know, um, but coming off of the fast pace of "Get Over It" and then, whoo, it was like a cliff dive uh, to this <laughs> adult contemporary style. I needed to be stepped down just a little bit more because I was like, wait a minute, why the fuck are these on the same album together, let alone side by side? Like, right. this just felt really weird. It 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 is. I mean, I understand. I mean, there's only four new songs, so, mm-hmm. and the other, I would say the other two aren't really much higher paced no. either. No, they're not. So, Definitely I mean, I, I will applaud them for giving us at least one sort of more energetic new song. Sure. So, but uh, I out of the other three slower ones, I still think this one is my favorite okay. of them. Okay. All right. I have a different one. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next one, sung by Glenn Fry this time, and it is The Girl from Yesterday. Or maybe just hurt so bad she couldn't cry he packed his things walked out the door and drove away and she became the girl from yesterday so the eagles have always sort of had that kind of rock and roll Mm-hmm. Yet kind of country, yeah. kind of mixed sound. And you clearly hear that here because it sounds like a mm-hmm. maybe an 80s or early 90s sort of slow country ballad. Yeah, definitely leaning more onto the, the country spectrum with this song. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Fry does a fine job singing it. To me, I found it really boring. I did too. Uh, this one is, I would say, almost easily... Um, but definitely my least favorite of the new songs. Yeah, it, it just, yeah, it just, it, you know what? It would, it would lull me to sleep. I kind of, <laughs> I feel like it. I mean, you, you know, I mean that is a positive. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you need to take a nap and you're having trouble falling asleep, put on the girl from yesterday, and it'll knock you right out. Get yourself a butterscotch or a Werther's. <laughs> like old people. Get, get on the, get on the <laughs> recliner. Throw uh-huh. it back. Throw on this song yeah. and have yourself a nice afternoon nap. 
There you go. I love butterscotch. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and I like. I like. Honestly, I like Werther's. Oh too. yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the problem is, the problem is, is I can't just eat one Werther's. So in 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 trying to combat that, if I do get it, I try to get the sugar-free version. The mm. problem with that, the thing that makes it sugar-free, <laughs> makes it just wash right through my system. Yeah, yeah you have too much of that uh, that sugar alcohol or whatever it's called, and yeah. it, it is a diuretic. <laughs> yes. So, but you know, maybe that maybe that fits with yeah. the theme of this. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our final new song. Uh, on this album, which is once again sung by Don Henley, called Learn to Be Still. You thought you could find happiness Just over that green hill You thought you would be satisfied But you never will learn to be still So this one feels, I don't know if it feels a little bit more Eagles than no. the last one did. Um, it still has that sort of pseudo Southern rock country feel. Mm-hmm. I do like how Don Henley kind of is singing a little bit lower and a little bit raspier. Yeah. Which just kind of, you know, complements the ranges of voices. Other than that, though, this song still did nothing for me. It- <laughs> I didn't really love any of these new songs, <laughs> right. even even get over it. it. None of them really clicked. This is probably if I had to forcibly rate it, this is probably my second favorite, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, it's chill. It's acoustic. It fits with the Eagles. But I had a problem with it. And even while you were hunting through listening, while you're just listening to it, you couldn't find the chorus. And part of that is to what I saw on this song was that it didn't have any progression. This song mm. felt monotone. It ah. felt like nothing kind of swelled into the. It didn't change keys. It yeah, really it didn't, didn't go anywhere. It, yes, Don Henley did his. I liked his singing style, but I needed some kind of progression, like some up and down in the song. And it literally just stayed the same fucking way the entire time. And I was like, well, well, now I'm just just kind of bored. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see if that uh, feeling of boredom continues throughout this album. <laughs> And so now we're going to get uh, into the live portion, um, which is what was shown on TV. There were some songs that they did on the video that were not on the album release, which I don't okay. understand why the hell they ever do that. Yeah. Like, just just release them all, please. Mm-hmm. People, you know, if you see it on TV, you want the album well, to be exactly the same. At the time, you were under the constraints of, um, uh, of you know, how long your tape was in a tape, right. in a cassette, or, or how much you can write on a record. Now we don't have to worry about that shit anymore because we're yeah. in the world of digital, and digital's better. <laughs> you hear that? Uh, yeah. All uh, you hipster snobs with your vinyl lovers. Vinyl, yeah. This is better. <laughs> oh, and I don't have to hear a scratch or a little weird pop or anything in my music? Right. Oh, wow. How fantastic. It's better. <laughs> All right. So we start off with a classic song from their 1973 Desperado album called Tequila Sunrise. It's another tequila sunrise Staring slowly across the sky They said goodbye 
I mean, it's a classic mm-hmm. Eagles song. Glenn Fry does that sort of rock country folk, that sort of soft rock country combination really, really well. He's got a great voice for it. Uh, Tequila Sunrise I've always found to be a, a good song. Never one I usually try to pick out. Yeah, there's better, there's better Eagles songs for sure. There are better Eagles songs, but it's enjoyable enough that I can listen through it without feeling like I need to move it to the next song if if I have to. I, I'd agree with that, you know? I mean, nice, chill Eagle song. The original hit uh, 64 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, I think it felt like they added a little extra island feel to this live version. I agree. Something. I agree. Um, but you know what? I think all because of that, it kind of felt, I had the feeling, you know what? Yeah, I'd love to grab a tequila, orange juice, and grenadine, go down to the beach. I, I was content. I was very happy yeah. with this song. I, I did like, and, and there's a couple of other songs. It feels like they changed the vibe for a few songs for the live one. And you know what? Sometimes that's warranted. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you want to change it or like the change of venue. And that, that was one of the reasons why I actually really did enjoy the MTV Unplugged series. Because sure. I think it forced some artists to look at their songs in a different way. Um, if you've never heard... Um, uh, Lenny Kravitz's rendition of Are You Gonna Go My Way that he did for the Unplugged sounds nothing mm-hmm. like his uh, sort of rock studio version. And it's cool because then you have two versions of one song that I can listen to either one and they both have their merits. If you've never heard it, um, I, I found it because I had a, like an MTV Unplugged compilation album that I got somewhere. Um, but he does it like a real slow blues, mm. um, which sounds really, really cool. Hmm. Um, but so for a couple of the songs here, I, I did appreciate the slight change in, yeah. you know, they're doing it, they're doing it live. It feels a little bit more acoustic in some mm-hmm. of the stuff they're doing. They're not necessarily going full acoustic for the whole uh, live performance, but I think they're changing enough stuff that I think it feels it, it, the difference is noticeable and honestly appreciated. I think. I agree. Yeah, it's helpful. Also, because, you know, a lot of these people already own the greatest hits or they already right. own this other album. This does give them just a slight tweak that they can be like, oh, okay, I can appreciate that little the little difference. Like, I will throw back to our Fleetwood Mac discussion of the dance. Um, and it's probably it's also probably because I heard that album version or that version first before I heard the album version. Mm-hmm. Um, Bleed the Lover is my favorite. Also, spoiler alert for my top 10 Fleetwood Mac song, my favorite yeah. Fleetwood Mac song, and it's that album version from the dance, no questions. You go to the studio version, and it sounds totally different. I don't even like that song, but <laughs> but sometimes they change it up with the live, and it it works for him. The one I cannot, I, for some reason, off the top of my head, I cannot remember the name of the song. But the one that they they they, they did with it, it, an almost bluegrass flavor, where Lindsey Buckingham was playing, yeah, with the, the, the starts with the picking. Yeah, I actually yeah. like that version better sure. than the studio version, and the studio version is good. But yeah. I think that little quirky change mm-hmm. really elevated the song for me. So sure. I I appreciate that, and let's keep that discussion going because we're gonna go to the next one, which is their most mm-hmm. popular one, and the one that I think they did the best adaptation for in this sure. album and that's Hotel California. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place, such a lovely place, such a lovely place. 
I I appreciate them giving it the more sort of Spanish flamenco flair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works well with the style of the song anyway. It uh, the song already had that kind of flavor to it. Just the yeah. the studio version had those cool rocking guitars. Um, I I appreciate the adaptations that the guitarists did for their solos. So they didn't yeah. just try to copy their rock guitar solos. And it's Don Felder and Joe Walsh who kind of trade off before they get into the very famous um, uh, harmonized you know, uh, run part at the end. But they made their solos feel... First of all, they're, they're all doing acoustic guitars, which adds to that flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, nylon, some nylon string stuff. Um, but... They their solos adapted to the instrument that they're on. They made it sound more appropriate for sort of a Spanish style guitar song. And then when they went to the very famous uh, harmonized guitar solo part, I appreciate that they didn't let it go too long because it would be very easy just to kind of repeat it a couple times. And I also appreciated, and this is a very small thing, I appreciated the definite end. Mm-hmm. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and it, because the whole thing leads up to that ending, and and in the in the studio version they just fade out, uh-huh. which is a trick that I actually used to hate, and now I appreciate because I write songs. And I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to feel like ending the song. I don't mm-hmm. want to figure out how to end the song. I'll just fade it out because it mm-hmm. still works. Um, but I've always appreciated that, and with the and the way that they worked it in with the acoustic guitars, I think just fit really well. I think this is a great adaptation, and in my opinion, clearly the best song. I mean, Hard to Tell California was already going to be a good song, but this is the adaptation it mm-hmm. just elevated to me, and I think makes it the best song on this album. Yeah, you're right. Um, the the slight change really does help this one stand out a little bit more from its original, which the original hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And yeah, you, you've already laid out everything as to why this is the best song on this album. And the the a little adjustments really adds a nice flair to the song that you have to appreciate. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next one called Wasted Time. You're afraid it's all been wasted All right, so this was originally off of the Hotel California album from 1976, along with the song Hotel California as well. I didn't mention that before. These guys love their ballads. Skip. I hate hate to say it, but... (laughs) I'm not here for their ballads. Next for, song. <laughs> Next song. I'm here for their rock and stuff. And yeah. And I'm going to say this now. This, this album, this live reunion was devoid of some of what I found to be my favorite rock and songs of theirs and I was really disappointed about it. Yeah. Um you know uh, definitely this song yeah it wasn't like a single i had no connection to it yeah and yeah it was just that slower ballad and i like you're right i like some of their their faster stuff and we get some of that uh, a little bit later and some of their really good stuff but there were some songs that i'm just like why the fuck would you include this and like leave out even you know even some of their other slower stuff that i think was better but i guess they didn't want to just put out their greatest hits on the live or something right but part of me was like i wish you would have 
Just do like yeah. these slight changes with the songs that are way better because this song, you know, at first I was like, okay, this is okay. But the more I heard it, the more I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with this song. It's just bo- it's boring me. I'm wondering, and I wouldn't be surprised here, if egos didn't have something to do mm. with some of this stuff and everyone kind of wanting their slow ballad moment yeah. to do this. But yeah, this, this this definitely would be an insta skip for me. Yeah. So let's definitely. let's let's see what we skip to, uh, which is the first song that we get with Joe Walsh. Yeah. On lead vocals, and it's called "Pretty Maids All in a Row." So this one also came off of the Hotel California mm-hmm. album from 1976. Immediately, I was like, okay, I'm appreciating the timbre change in voice with Joe mm-hmm. Walsh because Joe Walsh has a very unique voice. He's not the greatest technical singer in the world, but I tell you what, he does well when he blends with, you know, with, with the rest of the guys. I hate, I'd say this one also would be an absolute insta skip for me. <laughs> I'm with you too. I had the exact same nights uh, notes. I, you know, cutting out or cutting, you know, Joe Walsh in was nice, but this is another song I just don't give a fuck about, and I just it did not resonate with me. Um, I I'm already getting there's too much slow stuff happening. Yeah, and it's not gonna be the last time we really say that either. No, no. <laughs> I'm I I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if maybe they felt like they couldn't sing some of the older rock and yeah. stuff. Maybe they didn't have the range for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Although it really wasn't that long afterwards. No, but yeah, 14 years isn't terrible. Isn't terrible. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one, uh, sung by Schmidt, and this is the only other one from Schmidt that we get on lead vocals called I Can't Tell You Why from the Long Run album from 1979. Another soft rock insta classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very adult contemporary. Yes, but I think Schmidt works voice works for it. It does, uh, and I I like his voice in this one significantly better than um, the the love will keep us alive. Okay, because and what works in the song actually for me, you know, it's at least it's one that I recognized. Yeah, um, but it was one I recognized once it got to the chorus. And the chorus is my favorite part of the song for sure. The vor- the uh, verses was kind of meh, but you're, but Schmidt's falsetto I do think shines in this yeah. uh, in this song. But I'm not even. But I'm just I'm just looking back at this, realizing that this came from the album The Long Run. The Long Run is a great song that mm-hmm. I wish they hadn't cl- yeah. included on this album, and they didn't. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The original um, song hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, so it was a top okay. ten hit. It's a pretty big one. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't tell you why. Like, it's good. It's good. I it, mean, it's, it, it's it, 
it is a good vibes. Yeah, it's a good adult contemporary song, and and Schmidt really his voice really works well for this. I yeah, I absolutely agree. Probably the best Schmidt Eagles sung song. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to the next one, which is definitely a song I re- recognized in title. Uh huh. But when it started, I didn't. Yeah. Quite, it took me a while to get there, but it's called New York Minute. And it is originally from Don Henley's solo album, The End of the Innocence from 1989. We have not had any kind of upbeat song <laughs> since Hotel California. And that's not it, even it, like an upbeat and song. That's, and that's still like a mildly walking song. <laughs> uh, then, and But in truth, we haven't had an upbeat song since the first track Get over, of Get yeah. Over It. This definitely has the whiff of ego. I don't understand yes. why we're doing a Don Henley solo song in uh-huh. an Eagles reunion. Yes, Don Henley had a very successful solo career. I if I'm going to see Genesis, I don't want to hear in the end to, uh, in the air tonight. Mm-hmm. That's Phil Collins's song. Yeah, if it's Genesis. I want to hear Genesis songs. Yes, I agree. And, You're right. You, ego. It has to be ego. Why else would they have it on here? Yeah. Like play peaceful, easy feeling. Yes. Have, I and I, have anything. Yeah. <laughs> Any Eagles song. And I, I, I was mad about that one because I love Peaceful Easy, yeah. Easy Feeling. I think it's a great song. Yeah. That would have fit wonderfully. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this was a Don Henley original. Um, it hit the original hit 48 on the Billboard Hot 100. At one point, they kind of bring in like this trumpet sound, which almost has like a noir jazzy feel uh-huh. into this one. But overall, I just didn't give a fuck about it. And I <laughs> they kept thinking the exact same thing you you brought up, which was ego this has to be don henley's ego as to why is this one in a reunion yeah this is a reunion album yeah play reunion songs and the thing is is i feel slightly hypocritical talking about it because the songs that the uh when we talked about the dance there were songs that were new songs Uh. for fleetwood mac that were intended to be solo stuff for those guys but to me they ended up being Fleetwood Mac songs. Sure. Even though the original intention was for Lindsey Buckingham to do them as solos, mm-hmm. he brought them to the band and said, hey, let's do this. And to me, I don't know anyone who goes, oh, yeah, that Lindsey Buckingham song. No, no, it's a Fleetwood Mac song. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like like even though they may have started as solo ones, they became Fleetwood Mac songs because they, were, they weren't released on solo albums. They just yeah. were ones that, that he had been working on. And even the sure. one that um, Christine McVie wrote, um, which I loved was one of my favorite yes. Christine McVie songs is, you know, was brought to the band. And, and I, so that thing works, but Yeah, you know, if it was like one of the newer stuff, but we've already had the newer stuff. If you're, if you're here to see the hits, play, play the Eagles hits. Exactly. This was already established a solo Don Henley hit. And so why do it? But other than he is a curmudgeon old bastard who has an ego trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one called The Last Resort, also 
from the Hotel California album. Some rich men came and raped the land Nobody caught him Put up a bunch of ugly boxes Jesus, people bought him They called it paradise The place to be I'm fucking asleep at this point. (laughs) Snore. Uh, If I had been in the audience, I would have been, one, passed out. Mm -hmm. Two, I'd have been pissed. What is with this non, never-ending string of soft rock ballads continuing on? And this one drags, John. It's over seven and yes. a half minutes. Oh my god, took, I was so mad at it. <laughs> it took yeah, I was like, okay. By the time I was ready for this one to end, I saw I was like, I'm only fucking halfway through. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it. It took way too long. Um uh, way over this. Way over this song, way over this style. I, I need something that I like and I need it soon. Whoever came up with this set list. Needs to be tied to a tree and dragged down a rocky road. Yeah. This is an absolute fucking snore fest. Yeah. This is not the eagle. This is not the eagles that I imagine from the 70s. Well, they got old, John. They got old and they just wanted to sit there. But they weren't even that old. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, now they're old and they're still going. I mean, I just, I just was, when I was looking, I was trying to find some of videos from the actual live one, and I came across a video of them playing something from last year. They're still playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All right. Maybe the next song will help me feel better. I think it will. So let's move on to that next song, which is the Glenn Fry Jackson Brown classic song, Take It Easy. Never mind the fact that by the time this one showed up, I was so dead inside from the ballads that I was just happy to one play hear, hear a song that I instantaneously recognized, mm-hmm. but two felt like I was you know bringing my heart rate up a little bit more for the right reasons and not for the yeah. wrong reasons. Um, I do I like I like how he introed this one where he says this is the one that started it all because it was it was their first hit first off hit. of their okay. like 1972 album Eagles their self titled yep. one it to me it is still one of my go to Eagles songs it's a classic it's it's probably their second best well known song or might even put it up there with Hotel California is equally well known it's a classic and it, it is it, it'll it'll it, to me it's it's the joy of this song will never will never die for me. I will always love to listen to it. 
Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed the song before having that slog that we just went through right. that made me so happy to have something. Oh, I know this one. Oh, I like this one. Oh, the tempo is, you know, uh, of something more than 50 beats per second, it feels like. I guess yeah, beats per minute, sorry, whatever it is. Yeah, that, that's, it, you're right. It just, yeah, it's a damn good song. This The version is, is solid. It's, it felt like it was the slightest bit slower than the, than the original, maybe. Um, but then they go into some really good guitar work that I really liked yeah. on this in this version. I so. was slightly disappointed I didn't get uh, the banjo, oh, which, yeah. which we get in the yeah. original studio version. But that's fine. Um, I have to say, I have driven past Winslow, Arizona several oh. times and have... N- if, I'm still disappointed in myself that I've never stopped because they actually have a statue uh, on a yeah. street corner in Winslow, Arizona dedicated to this song. That's very cool. I like uh, that. And it, it all comes from, actually that all comes from a, a an event where Jackson Brown got, uh, his car broke down near Winslow, Arizona and he had to spend like an, an evening there while his car got fixed. And okay. so that's where that line came from was an experience that nice. he had had. Nice. So. Yeah, and I, as we mentioned, I had no idea that Jackson Brown wrote this until I saw yeah. this right so here. He, so cool. he started to write it with the intention of it being on his album. And then uh, he, he the song wasn't going to be done in time for his album. So Glenn Fry, who knew him and uh, collaborated with him quite a bit, um, said, okay, well, if you, we'd like to have this song, so finish the song. And he said, mm-hmm. okay, fine. But then he wasn't finishing the song, so Glenn Fry was like, listen, if you're not going to finish the song, can I finish the song? And, you know, uh, obviously as a songwriter, Jackson Brown was a little bit hesitant. And then finally he was like, fine. And so they finished it together. Okay. Um, so which is why Glenn Fry is also credited as a songwriter on there because he, um, uh, I think famously, Jackson Brown had the line, I was standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona, such a fine sight to see, and then didn't have anything after that. And Glenn Fry came up with, it's a girl, my lord, and a flatbed four coming around. Yeah. So together it worked really well because that whole line I think is just iconic. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a fun line to sing along with. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, let's see if this feeling of joy persists <laughs> throughout uh, our final our final few songs here. We move on to uh, another Joe Walsh song. So we're getting Joe mm-hmm. Walsh back on the on the mic here, and this is one uh, from the Long Run album uh, from 1979. It's called "In the City." I will say this. I mean, Joe Walsh has a really unique voice. We've kind of said that already. It feels like he feels like he teeters on being in tune and not being in tune. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I appreciate that I, even though we've taken a step back, I feel a little bit at least in 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 mood. We didn't go full ballad with yeah. this one. It feels a little bit more just like a kind of like a slower medium rock. I think I was just happy that it wasn't a fucking ballad. Yeah. And I was sure. like, okay, okay. I'm 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 with this. Otherwise it was very middle of the road. Yeah, it, it's a fine song. Yeah, I think In the City is a totally good fine song. Um I read that actually Joe Walsh recorded it on his own first, released it for the soundtrack for the nineteen seventy nine film The Warrior <sighs> Excuse me, The Warriors. 
And then the, he recorded it with the Eagles, and they put it on the long run uh, that same year. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. It's so, but it's a it's a totally decent, adequate song. And yes, <laughs> I happy that I knew it. Happy that it wasn't a ballad. Um, you're right. It's not as it, it's surrounded by better songs, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a this is still a good one. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, we are getting back up on the. Uh, higher tempo train and getting a more rocking feeling with our next one, uh, which is from the Hotel California album. They played a lot of songs from the Hotel California album on this one, and it is Life in the Fast Lane. She held him up and he held up for ransom in the heart of the go-go city. He had a nasty reputation as a cruel dude. He said he was ruthless. I've always really liked this song. I think it's a great rockin' 70s, classic rock uh, feeling song. I love the guitar solos in this one. I like the opening lick. It's really fun. That's great. It's a great song. I enjoy this one. Uh, It helps. That uh, you know we we we're ending on a more upbeat note. I feel from the mm-hmm. uh, as you said the slog that we went through in the middle of this album, and so I I really have nothing bad to say about Life in the Fast Lane. It's a song that I still listen to. Um, I used to play in a kind of a cover band. This was this was the one Eagles song we would play because the guitarist hated the Eagles, and so I was like, I hate we, the fucking Eagles, I, man. He's like, I really want to play. I said, I really want to play at least one Eagle song. So this is the only one he would contest to because he got to play that lick. I'm like, you know what, sure, Fine, fucker. So, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, that's really all I have to say about the song. I, it's it's one of my favorite Eagle songs. Yeah, it's this is a this is a fun in like fast like good rock fun. I mean, just a classic rock song right here. Yeah, this is perfect in that spot. Really great, great riff. Um, hit number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, the original did. And Glenn Fry revealed that the title came to him one day. He was riding on the freeway with a drug dealer who was apparently known as The Count. <laughs> and Fry asked the dealer to slow down. And he was like, what do you mean? It's life in the fast lane. Something like that. <laughs> and that's where he got the, the title. So Cool. Good. All right. Well, that brings us to our final song of the album. Which we're gonna head back down to the ballad, but I'm a little bit less angry at it this time. Yeah, yeah, it's a better song than it, a lot of the other ones it, we got. I totally agree. It is a better song, and that is the Don Henley sung track "Desperado." Don't you think it cold in the winter time? The sky won't snow and the sun won't shine. So it is, in my, 
in my opinion, it's my second favorite ballad mm. of theirs. Sure. Um, I have a different favorite one, which was not played in this album. Okay. Uh, was not played live, and I was actually very disappointed about it. But the, you have that kind of almost iconic opening piano riff, boom, 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 just kind of echoing what the melody that's to come. Don Henley sounds really good here on this one. It's a classic song. I'm not mad at the song. I'm just yeah. mad that I had to be happy to, <laughs> to get this one at the end as opposed to, you know, honestly. And uh, my other question to you was, how did you feel about this one being their final song? Part of my head goes to end on Hotel California. If for a live band, like right. that's that's your ender right there. Yeah. So uh, apparently, so this song was actually never released as a single, but it has become one of their mo- most known hits. It was a number four ninety four on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest songs of all time that they ranked in two thousand and four. And this song always makes me think of Seinfeld. <laughs> Little hashtag plug. Got to do that. Because there's an entire episode devoted, Elaine dates a guy um, that whenever he hears this song on the radio, he has to literally just stop and he just like absorbs it and stares off and can't, can't, you know, be distracted by anything else. And she just can't understand that. And she wants to try and like have a song and he won't share it. He won't share Desperado. So she tries to make Witchy Woman their song and it doesn't work. Witchy Woman's not, not Desperado, but it's, I mean, it's a very pretty song. Um, So I do appreciate it, but yeah. Uh, speaking of witchy woman, that's going to lead me right into my final thoughts with this. Mm. Um, with a few exceptions, where the fuck were the hits? Yeah. Where was witchy woman? Uh, where was one of these nights? Lion eyes. Take it to the limit. That's my favorite ballad. Now, granted, take, take it to the to limit the was limit. sung by their yeah. original bass player. Um, that is a good song. That's a damn good song. That's a great song. Uh, uh, Randy Meisner. Who was their original mm. bass player? But it's an Eagles song. I'm sure mm. Timothy Schmidt probably sings that one live. If they do it live, I would imagine they do. I can see that. Um, mm. You know, there were my favorite song of all time by them is "Already Gone." That was nowhere to be seen here. Already gone. That's, yeah, that's another good one. If if you are a band who famously had broken up and was never going to get together, and this is hell freezes over, if this is if this is the album you're giving me, <laughs> hell can stay frozen over. <laughs> Or hell can unfreeze because Jesus H. Christ. Why was this such a snooze fest? Was this just the stuff they were into at the time? Because this is not the Eagles I think of. Mm -hmm. And I think I had more fond nostalgia for this album than I think was warranted. And that's just because (laughs) I really like Hotel California. I like what they did there. Um, I liked Get Over It. I was okay with Level Keep Us Alive. Everything after that just bored the fuck out of me. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, most live albums, you know, I think should mostly, and most live concerts should come across as a greatest hits compilation. Absolutely. And this one was like less, it felt like less than half of that. I didn't particularly like any of the new songs. Get over it was listenable but even then i didn't love it Mm -hmm. um and you're right there was a lot of slow stuff it was it's okay this is okay to listen to but what it really did teach me was the songs that i don't know and the songs that weren't hits i have almost zero interest in now yeah because of this album so i'm just like i just want to listen to the greatest hits 
Like, I, you know what? It's the best-selling album probably for a reason because that's the only shit I want to listen to. Yeah. And I don't want to listen to really that much else from the Eagles. Just just download that great, that original Greatest Hits album. Get Hotel California. Maybe sure. the album Hotel California because there was some some good, you know, uh, Life in the Fast Lane's on that one. So make, mm-hmm. you know, get a, a few extra songs that weren't that weren't on their original greatest hits. That's really all you need. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that pretty much encompasses, I think, our final thoughts on on this album, and we will end it there. And that was our review of Hell Freezes Over by the Eagles. Please join us next time for a Valentine's Day episode as Adam and I break down the 2003 film Love Actually, talk about the TV game show Love Connection and recast Love Actually using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, and if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.